one of our slogans that we say a lot is it's a nudge, don't judge, right? We're trying to nudge people in the right direction and not judge. We're trying to not use shaming and guilt, but rather work with these brands to help create a more sustainable model. So that's why I think partnerships is so important. The ability to scale cleanups. There's billions and billions of pounds of plastic that's entering the ocean every single year. And we need to create a business model that can fund more people to clean the ocean. Welcome to Sustainability Leaders. I'm Michael Torrance, Chief Sustainability Officer with BMO Financial Group. On this show, we will talk with leading sustainability practitioners from the corporate, investor, academic, and NGO communities to explore how this rapidly evolving field of sustainability is impacting global investment, business practices, and our world. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of Bank of Montreal, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. I'm Melissa Fifield, head of the BMO Climate Institute, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Alex Schultz, co-founder and CEO of Four Ocean. Alex, thanks so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on, Melissa. I really appreciate it. Maybe you can start by giving our listeners just a quick overview of Four Ocean, why it was established and really how it's come to be. Sure. So, so Four Ocean was started back in 2017 by a buddy and I. We actually went on a surf trip to Bali, Indonesia, and we saw a crazy amount of plastic on the coastlines and in the ocean there. And we wanted to find a way that we could fund captains and crews to essentially collect plastic from the ocean instead of catching fish. And we came up with the idea. We came back to Florida. We thought about how we could really make the connection. And we came up with the idea for the Four Ocean Bracelet. And that's a bracelet made from recycled materials. And for everyone sold, we would remove one pound of trash from the ocean. So the idea took off pretty quickly. And we started locally in Florida. And then we expanded into Bali, Indonesia, Guatemala. And now we employ over 200 full-time captains and crews around the world. And to date, we've removed over 30 million pounds of trash from the ocean. That's incredible. What an inspiring model. Why are you not a nonprofit? Tell me a little bit about how you've structured the organization. Sure. So we are actually a public benefit corporation as well as a certified B corporation. So public benefit corporation comparable to Patagonia, Ben and Jerry's, basically businesses leveraging business as a force for good for for the planet. And we wanted to build a business model because when we looked at the nonprofit models, we really wanted to find a way to, to create a sustainable model that could be funded well into the future, even far after we're gone. I think that the goal is to really create a model that can fund our cleanups in perpetuity and be able to establish these different business partnerships and, and product sales and build a, a market out of the materials that we're collecting. So, you know, the product was what we say is like the first stepping stone to the, the bigger picture. You know, selling the bracelet was kind of like our Kickstarter campaign. And as we've gained momentum, we've we've really moved into different areas of the business. And I think that's a, the, one of the main reasons why we wanted to, to start a business instead of a nonprofit. And you know, historically, just looking at the industry, we wanted to also leverage mainstream tactics. You know, I've, I've always been a huge advocate and a big fan of, of brands that have done a great job creating movements. And, you know, you think about Nike, you know, their slogan is, if you have a body, you're an athlete. If you think about Yeti, they've built a, a network of individuals that, that are passionate about the outdoors and spending time about the, in the outdoors. And I think for us, it was trying to leverage mainstream tactics, social media, influencers, athletes, celebrities, you know, trying to get more people 
involved in ocean cleanup and just ocean conservation as a whole. So for me, it was really important to find a, a model that could help fund our cleanups as well as you know, influence individuals to live a more sustainable lifestyle. I always looked up to different individuals like Yvonne Shard from Patagonia, Blake Mikoski from Tom's with his original one-for-one one model, and just seeing these entrepreneurs that have been able to build amazing businesses that are having a tremendous impact on the planet. And that's that's really why we started a purpose-driven business and a social enterprise uh, versus a nonprofit. So cool. I love that. Very inspiring. I'd love to help our listeners understand the process of your cleanup operations, where are you doing this work? How does it all work? Sure. So, so our cleanups are, are based out of Florida, Bali, Java, Indonesia, and Guatemala. So we employ all of our captains and crews directly. So we, we've hired local captains, local crews. These are full-time salaried employees. These are not volunteers. We do not just do like a beach cleanup on Saturday. These are professional captains and crews that are paid a living wage and we cover 100% of health insurance and benefits. And we actually have a 98% retention rate with our cleanup crews around the world. So, so the way that it works is we have small skiffs. So we t- we don't have giant vessels and, and a lot of super expensive technology and equipment. We really go about it in a, in a pretty basic and simple format. So we leverage our skiffs, small pangas, small Carolina skiffs, small boats, and we go out into the ocean, you know, I'd say near coastal waters. So we typically operate within, you know, two miles from shore and we're cleaning up near coastal waters as well as beaches and coastlines. So our captains and crews are heading out every single day and they're going to clean up different coastlines and different beaches and oceans in all these different areas. So how it starts out is our captains and crews in the morning, they take a photo of the crew. We document everybody that's going out on the cleanup as well as our lead captain, they take photos of before, during, and after our entire cleanup to show exactly where the plastic was collected and the clean areas after our team had been there. And then all of that plastic is then brought back to our facility where we then prioritize it for recycling. So everything is weighed, documented, and photographed as well. And then all of that information is uploaded to our trash tracker, which is an app that we've built and developed to track all of the pounds that we've removed. So you can actually go back to 2017 and pick any day and find out exactly what captain, where the, the cleanup happened, who was the lead captain, what were the crew members on it, how much time did they spend cleaning, where did they clean up, and then all of the photos that are attached to that as well. So you can see exactly where we have removed this plastic and clean up these coastlines. So after the plastic is at our facility, we then sort it by type, color, and condition and prepare it for recycling. So what we'll do is we'll sort it by all the different types. We will bale that and compress it into larger cubes that are then ready for transport to be sent to a recycler. And it depends on the location. We have various different recycling partners, but they then turn that into basically a usable material. So it will typically go through a sorting, grinding, hot wash, flaking, and then pelletizing process to to be turned back into feedstock that can make new products out of the material that we're collecting. And, you know, I, I will be honest, there is some materials that are just too contaminated, you know, the dirty diapers, the thread and the fabric that's just covered in mud and muck. And there are materials that we look for the most sustainable outlet possible in these different areas. And at times it is landfill, but we are always looking for new and innovative ways to process the, the very difficult to recycle materials. I'm sure you must have so many stories from your crew members or, or even your own experience out on the water. 
I'd love for you to share with our audience something meaningful that you've experienced out there or, or a story that you have about your work. I think one of the, some of the most meaningful times that we've had, and, and at least some of the times that I feel the most proud, is when our crew comes across different instances where animals, wildlife are, are either entangled or trapped in marine debris, and they're able to essentially cut them free. So, you know, not long ago, we had our Bali Indonesia team that, that came up and they were offshore collecting plastic, and they came up on something and saw it just kind of bobbing in the ocean. And, you know, they, they drove over to it and it ended up being a dolphin that had monofilament fishing line wrapped around its tail, wrapped around its nose. And it was literally bobbing on the on the brink of drowning. And so they quickly, you know, pulled the dolphin onto the vessel very carefully, took knives and scissors and were able to cut all of that fishing line off and and then release the dolphin. And and it, it literally swam off and was, you know, bobbing and weaving and the team was all celebrating. And it was just a really cool moment to see that our teams can have a direct impact. And, you know, we're out there cleaning plastic seven days a week, but it's really cool to see the the direct impact when it comes to, to wildlife, the animals in the ocean, and just, just the reason why we love the ocean. So I think that's super cool for me. And that's, that's one of the stories and one of the most impactful things for me overall. And, you know, they come across turtles and birds and, and dolphins and all types of animals that are either entangled in fishing gear or nets or ingesting plastic. And, you know, I think that's just one of the things that, that, we're trying to raise awareness about and and get more people involved to understand that this plastic is having an impact on the ocean and the the animals and wildlife in it. And it just speaks to the the type of impact that you're out there having, maybe more than you even bargained for when you set out on this journey. I can tell you that there's a whole lot more than we bargained for when we first set out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We also have an incredible team here. Everybody from the team members and crew members that are helping run the operations and run the full business to the individuals that are daily out there on the water, everybody's just so passionate about what we do. And we've got a great, great team that works incredibly hard and and everybody's in it for the right reason and really wants to see our cleanups expand and, and be able to have more of an impact on these local areas. And I imagine that partnerships obviously are a big part of your success. Can you speak to the other types of companies and organizations you're partnering with to to address these problems and, and help clean up the ocean? Yes, absolutely. So our partnerships program is has been a new area for the business that is really helping to scale our cleanups in a massive way. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, the products we viewed as our Kickstarter campaign, right? The bracelet was our first opportunity to pitch the idea of what we're trying to do, what we're trying to build. And we've been able to generate a, a tremendous amount of momentum with that. You know, we're fortunate enough to be able to grow a social media following of over 10 million followers across all platforms. And that's been fantastic. And what we're doing now is we're moving into the next phase of the business where we're actually working with and partnering with large businesses and large brands to help drive their sustainability efforts forward. We have a few different partnership options that, that we have available, one of them being a plastic neutrality partnership program. So we work with brands that are producing products that may have plastic in their packaging, and we measure the amount of plastic that they use in their goods or services, and then we remove the equivalent amount of plastic directly from the ocean and essentially accomplishing plastic neutrality or a plastic offset. 
And it's very comparable to carbon offsets. It's just, it's, it's very tangible. You can see the direct impact. You can calculate it very clearly and you can see the, the amount of plastic removed from the ocean. I, I like to tell everybody, this is not the silver bullet by any means. You know, our, our hope and our intention is that while we're working with these brands, they're trying to implement more sustainable solutions to their packaging. And this is essentially a stepping stone to that brighter future of a more sustainable packaging solution. So, you know, our, our goal is to work with businesses and brands that are trying to have an impact uh, on the amount of plastic that they're potentially putting out into the environment and help scale our cleanup operations. We have a couple other partnership options as well. One of them being our certified cleanup partnership. And that's essentially where we work with various different brands and businesses to, to remove a, a specific amount of plastic directly from the ocean, essentially sponsoring uh, a cleanup activation. So we're able to open up new locations, new facilities, purchase more vessels, and then be able to, to showcase that brand or business's impact and provide them with the, the tools and resources they need to, to communicate their impact. So there's, there's a lot of different ways. And we've been able to partner with some, some great brands like Garmin and Seadoo, Good Pop, a, a lot of great brands that are, are really looking to push their sustainability efforts forward. And I'm a big fan of it because I think that it's, it's able, we're able to diversify our revenue streams and, and build that sustainable business model across the board that allows us to go through you know, ups and downs like COVID and, and other impacts like that that typically happen to a business and just allow us to fund our cleanups and scale as, as large as we can around the world. That's great. And so incredible. It sounds like there's a lot of lessons there, not only for nonprofit organizations, but for businesses as well, in terms of what you've been able to do to weather those storms, so to speak. And also that you're solving an acute need while also having an eye on how to reduce the amount of plastic that's going into the environment in the first place. So it's really incredible. Yes. And that's, that's actually one of my main goals is really to, to leverage our business, leverage our brand to drive as much awareness as we can. You know, I say this a lot, but corporations are producing plastic for brands and brands are producing plastic for consumers. The more awareness that we can drive and the more just overall impact that we can have on people understanding the amount of plastic that is entering the ocean and us using the photos and imagery and, and videos to show what's happening to the ocean that's what's going to truly connect and, and have an impact on the amount of ocean plastic that's entering every single year. You know, we, we say that cleaning the ocean alone will not solve the ocean plastic crisis. We need to turn off the tap. And a great metaphor is if you walked into your kitchen and the sink was overflowing, would you grab a mop and start mopping? Or would you try and shut off the faucet and then start cleaning it up? And, and that's essentially where the, the term, you know, turn off the tap has come with, with stopping plastic and the, the overall production and consumption of mass amounts of single-use plastic. So I think that's that's a dream for me is to be able to leverage our brand, to be able to work side by side with these large brands and businesses to, to build more sustainable models, as well as influence consumers to, to make more sustainable choices across the board when it, when it comes to their plastic consumption. I'd like to double click on this idea of partnerships. Why do you think partnerships are so important I think partnerships are, are super important for, you know, the journey to net zero when it comes to plastic, because the large brands are, are the ones that are producing these plastic materials. You know, there's been a lot of commitments in the past 10 years as far as by X date, we're going to be, uh, you know, cut out single use plastics. And, and those dates tend to get pushed back and back and back and back. And listen, I get it. I know exactly, you know, how difficult it could be to, to just flip an entire business model and change everything about how they operate. But I do believe that that businesses really want to do the right thing when it comes to sustainability. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, Hey, I 
I want to put and produce as much harmful material as I can and, and destroy the ocean. I don't think anybody's doing that. And I think for us, partnerships are so important because with a business, it kind of goes back to the idea and concept. We could sit from the outside and, and be very upset with brands and only just drive awareness and kind of point fingers. And one of our, one of our slogans that, that, that we say a lot is it's a nudge, don't judge, right? We're trying to nudge people in the right direction and not judge. We're trying to not use shaming and guilt and, and finger pointing, but rather work with these brands and work with these partners to help create a more sustainable model. And I really believe that the impact and change happens from within the boardroom, you know, partnering with these brands and working alongside them versus being very combative and, you know, working from the outside and really shaming them. So that's why I think partnerships is so important. And just also the, the ability to scale cleanups. You know, there's, there's billions and billions of pounds of plastic that's entering the ocean every single year. And we need to create a business model that can fund more people to, to clean the ocean fund more plastic collected from uh, the streets, the environments, these different areas where, you know, that's ocean bound plastic is ending up in the ocean. There's a lot of different business models that are starting to pop up that are incentivizing locals and incentivizing communities to collect plastic and get paid for that. And, you know, it goes to us paying our captains and crews full time. Like we're trying to create jobs and create an economy around this material. So it's not seen as waste, but rather, it's used as a, as a commodity and it's used to generate an income and, and just fund the removal of plastic from the environment. So I think our partnerships are, are a great opportunity for us to work with brands and help them find more sustainable solutions and in the process fund hundreds of captains and crews. I mean, we have such an amazing team and you know we cover, as I mentioned, health insurance, benefits, full-time salaries. Like this is our team works so hard and they do such an amazing job. And, and I'm just doing everything that I can to scale those cleanups and, and get more boats on the water and clean up more plastic out of the ocean. Nudge, don't judge. I'm taking that away. I love that. <laughs> yes. Nudge, don't, uh, there's a lot. There's, there's nudge, don't judge, which is a big one. One thing that I hammer home is it's progress, not perfection, because a lot of people are very you know curious about sustainability and cutting down on plastic, but they're a little intimidated because frankly, it's very hard to change your, your lifestyle habits. And, and, you know, for us, it's those small steps that really make a huge impact. So that's why we're always trying to educate people, you know, bring that reusable water bottle, bring that reusable cutlery set, try and bring your reusable food container to, to avoid all the polystyrene clamshell packaging that you're going to get when you go out to eat and get a to-go container. Anything that you can do is a step in the right direction because we really need everybody operating I'd say imperfectly to have a massive impact. It's just, it's just not realistic to think that everybody can be perfect. And, you know, like myself, I, I am by, I'm so far from that. And it happens all the time where you go to a restaurant and they show up and they, they give you the straws and they give you the, the to-go wear, they give you plastic and you just have to do everything you can to try and do, do the right thing and cut down on that plastic. Absolutely. So what's next for Four Ocean? So I think that the next phase for Four Ocean is really scaling our partnership program, developing the products that we're making out of our ocean plastic that we've collected from the ocean and scaling our cleanups. That's the biggest thing for me. We are really staying focused on scaling our cleanup operations. We're getting more efficient across the board. We've started to target rivers and implement booms and barricade systems that are typically used in the oil spill industry. And we're corralling and collecting plastic before it has a chance to reach offshore. So we've implemented boom systems in Bali, Indonesia, as well as Guatemala uh, in the Rio Matagua. So that's that's really a big focus for us and, and trying to scale our cleanups and hire as many captains and crews as possible. 
Fantastic. Well, it's incredible work that you're doing out there and super inspiring. Thanks for joining us today. It has been fantastic speaking with you, Melissa. I believe that sustainability and ocean plastic and everything that's happening with the the environment when it comes to to plastic and, and the ocean, it all stems from conversations. You know, people learning more about where that plastic is ending up and what they can be doing on a day-to-day basis that will have a massive impact. So the biggest thing for me is baby steps, progress, not perfection, and uh, and do everything you can to to cut down on plastics. But I really appreciate you hosting me here, and it's been a great conversation. Absolutely. I agree. Thanks so much, Alex. Thanks for listening to Sustainability Leaders. This podcast is presented by BMO Financial Group. To access all the resources we discussed in today's episode and to see our other podcasts, visit us at bmo.com forward slash sustainability leaders. You can listen and subscribe free to our show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider, and we'll greatly appreciate a rating and review and any feedback that you might have. Our show and resources are produced with support from BMO's marketing team and Puddle Creative. Until next time, I'm Michael Torrance. Have a great week. For BMO disclosures, please visit bmocm.com slash podcast slash disclaimer.